Welcome to Horrorscape. I'm Luke, and I'm joined by Ricky. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we're going to be looking at our first horror comedy of our uh, podcast series here, and that's the movie Idle Hands. Intentional horror comedy. Intentional horror <laughs> comedy. Exactly. Anton, all you do is smoke pot and watch TV all day. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's what life is all about, but... Don't you think you should have some ambition, like a goal? Idle hands are the devil's playground. Anton, I've got to ask, what's with the hand? It doesn't obey me at all. So the only thing I can come up with is it's got to be possessed. Try and keep this thing in perspective. Yeah, I was a little bitter about the whole getting killed by my best friend thing, but I've had time to get over it. The killer was wearing your shirt. The killer was wearing me. When a slacker teen, Anton Tobias, has his right hand possessed by a demonic force, he finds that his life gets a lot more interesting. While Anton himself is an amiable guy, his hand proves to be an appendage of death, killing his two best buddies, Penub and Mick, who return to life as wisecracking zombies. In addition to murdering those closest to him, Anton's evil hand significantly hinders his chances with lovely neighbor Molly. And what a hindrance it is. Definitely. Uh, let's start out just what, what did you initially think of the movie as a whole? Oh, man, it brought back a lot of old memories. I remember watching this when I was a kid and just thinking it was so much fun. And, you know, it, it was very different than a lot of the horror movies that were coming out at the time. I mean, like, what, a year after Urban Legend came out and, like, mm -hmm. so many different Scream clones. So this was kind of a, a real breath of fresh air for the horror genre. And it also it doesn't take itself too seriously. It, yeah, it, it is very unconventional. I mean, it's basically like they watched... Evil Dead 2 and thought the bits with his evil hand were funny, so they decided to make a whole movie about it. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect yeah. of it. But yeah, that makes sense that uh, they may have pulled some inspiration from that. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. It had been a long time since I watched this movie. Uh, I think I may have watched it, maybe rented it near its release date. It, it definitely was a fun movie back then, I remember, because when we thought of, when we were talking about doing it, I was like, yeah, I remember that was a really fun movie. This will be a, a good one to do. When I went back and rewatched it, it definitely does has, have its fun moments to it. Oh, yeah. So I did enjoy it, you know, years later. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how it holds up in the, the span of time here, but uh, it doesn't mean it's not fun nonetheless. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely dated for what it is, but at the same time, like, a lot of movies are dated. That's just the passage of time. I mean, we got Sublime coming out of the ass in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Lots, lots of stoner thing, uh, comedy, you know, yeah. baggy, baggy pants, uh, dyed hair. Mm -hmm. it, surprised there wasn't like an Austin Powers reference or something. <laughs> right. And when I was watching it the second time through this week, I was thinking, I was like, man, this almost seems like a movie that would almost be made today to try and have the feel of a late nineties horror comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's got all the trappings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything is there. It's, it's almost like they're looking back and trying to do it, but we know that it was in, in that time in, period. Right in the moment. <laughs> a lot of, uh, um, you know, rising stars in that move in this movie as well. I mean, I'd say the biggest one was Jessica Alba, even Devin Sawa. I mean, he was, he, he'd been act. I mean, he was in Casper before this mm -hmm. when he was younger, but the very next year after this movie came out, he was in Final Destination, which you know, we'll probably do that one day. 
But uh, yeah, and we also have Seth Green that's in this. Yeah, Robot Chicken fame and yeah, it fame. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seth Green's a classy. And then like uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, Mick and Penub, uh Anton Tobias's best fr- two best friend stoner buddy friends, and then Penub's Eldon Henson of Mighty Ducks, and uh, he's currently on the Daredevil TV series. I wasn't aware he was on the Daredevil TV series, but also I wouldn't. He's Daredevil's best buddy. Yeah, I haven't haven't watched any of that. He put down the pot pipe uh, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, let's get in a little bit of the movie here. Uh, we'll talk kind of a little bit about the first part of it. We're gonna Great st- opening scene. <laughs> I, love, I love the opening scene. Actually, it's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie, the first part, maybe like the first few minutes. Is when we see the, the parents asleep in the bedroom and we see the writing on the wall – it says, I'm under the bed. I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to prank somebody with that. That'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glow in the dark paint. And then we get a, we get to see the the father walk down. I think his name is Gary. Oh, yeah. I guess they did. She did say his name. It's yeah. uh, character actor Fred Willard. And, uh, right. Yeah. He's frustrated with having to get out of bed and go investigate this mysterious sound. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And soon, soon after, the mother follows downstairs to see what's going on. Yeah, she falls down there and uh, ends up discovering a pool of blood and freaks the F out. Goes yeah. upstairs to call the police. She's just about to hit the last one and she gets turns out, under the bed. Turns out the killer wasn't joking. He was under the bed. Yeah. Or she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And that mattress just like lifts up and just splat. Mm-hmm. Just blood explodes out. This blood just flies out everywhere. I love that scene. It's great. Yeah, and then uh, cue to next morning, or maybe it's a few days later. I think it says later. But uh, yeah, this kid Anton, he's just like he lives in the attic. He's a stoner. He's lazy mm-hmm. as hell. He's just yelling for his parents that aren't actually there. And uh, hey, he runs out of weed and goes across the street to his friend's house. Yeah, well, when he goes uh, across the street to meet with uh, Mick and Penub, he does mention that his parents have been missing for a few days. Yeah. So we can kind of assume maybe he finds them a couple of days later, which the discovery of his parents is pretty awesome too, because I just like the idea of them being dressed up in the scarecrow pumpkin decorations. Yeah. And he's just walking by it for like several days and not even yeah. noticing it. Right. So isn't there usually a smell that accompanies that? <laughs> yeah, you would think so. And not yeah. only that, like all the blood and stuff that's <clears throat> all over the place. Like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Ricky? When you're not paying attention to the things that are right in front of you. Oblivious. Mm-hmm. Oblivious, yeah. He's yeah. yeah. just yeah. super oblivious and lazy yeah. and probably doesn't even go to school. Yeah, and we see too that the town thinks that there's obviously some type of murderer on the loose because they have found twin brothers who have been killed yeah yeah a few yeah there's been a lot, a lot of uh, different murders the, the twins they were the most recent one that's uh, they're holding like a visual for them later mm-hmm. but <laughs> something i picked up on I, I don't know if i if it's intentional or not it seems like a lot of the the victims have some type of uh sin accompanying them of some sort they mentioned it later that the twins were kind of like sex perverts and like doing oh yeah yeah they like not really sure how the parents would the parents might have just been 
just in the way a hindrance. At the same time, yeah, yeah, it doesn't exactly hold up, but I just noticed that a lot of the people that get killed, there's mm-hmm. some type of a, not a horrible thing about them exactly. Well, okay, the sex pervert thing is kind of horrible, but uh, something, like you could say, making Penub, they're sloths, you know, they're kind of lazy too. Right. They're just as lazy as Anton, but maybe Anton's just even more lazy because they his parents just kind of do anything for him. Mm-hmm. Well, they do mention later on too that the the demon or whatever it is that possesses his hand chooses out the laziest, most useless fuck in the land or something. <laughs> yeah. Debbie says later on, so maybe seemed a little lazier than them for some reason. Yeah, if he hadn't have been uh, possessed himself or hadn't lived on that block, yeah, who knows? It might have mm-hmm. been Mika Pranub. Yeah. So when uh, he's over there, kind of talking with them. Uh, we find out that he's got a crush on his neighbor, which happens to be Jessica Alba. Can't blame him. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, and she's a uh, she writes song lyrics. Yeah, and she drops her songbook as she's riding this the scooter, which I felt was a strange mode of transportation. You just kind of see yeah. her going down the street in this random scooter. Yeah, and just staring over, and she drops the drops the book, and he picks it up and goes to attempt to return it, but. Okay, my I really love like the part where he like he like opens the book and it's like she's like using like serial uh, killer letters. Yeah, like, <laughs> to write her uh, <laughs> her lyrics, and he just looks at it and you just hear him say, "These are great. These are great." Yeah, like he <laughs> read the entire book within a matter of seconds. Just to be like, "Oh, these yeah. are great." And somehow he he memorized those because we see later on too that he quotes back the lyrics that he just happened to glance at. Well, he mentions though that basically his entire life he's set behind her in some type of class and just like reads the book over her shoulder like a creep. Yeah, that's yeah. Because uh, when he uh, tells the lyric, some lyrics which I won't go into, some about having bubble gum stuck to your shoes, and recites it to her, she's like, "I wrote that when I was 13. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's been kind of stalking her and basically never spoken to her his entire life until now anyways yeah he goes up there and he makes a complete ass out of himself just like shoves the book in her you know at her and just walks away while she's she's like screaming hey at him over and over again it's really awkward (laughs) hey hey he's just kind of awkwardly walking away and he goes home and tries to smoke nutmeg nutmeg and oregano because uh penub and mick tell him that that would suffice instead of the weed he was looking for. Yeah, because they're being dickbags and won't sell to him. Oh, right. I, actually, I skipped a part. He goes grocery shopping, which is weird because if he didn't have any money to buy drugs, why do you have money to buy groceries? But whatever. <laughs> yeah, he gets hassled by these two cops uh, that uh, apparently went to high school with him. They were a little older than him, and they just have it out for you know stoners, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, he has like a little run-in with them, and they're kind of like your goofy cops and give him like a ticket for some stupid littering charge because they pulled a baggie out of his pocket and threw it on the ground. So Yeah, two uh, double Barney Fives. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them being um, uh, Sean Whalen, who was Roach in The People Under the Stairs for the Wes Craven fans out there. Then he goes mm-hmm. home and smokes the nutmeg. Yeah, then he goes and smokes the nutmeg and oregano. So he goes to now, I guess, make a sandwich, which is this is a, the nastiest looking sandwich I've ever the seen. Nastiest Even sandwich, yeah, because uh, there's he grabs a knife somehow without knowing that there's blood all over it and starts like spreading the mantle. It's like a fillet knife, too, yeah, or a bread knife, yeah. 
the largest knife to put yeah. some mayonnaise on there. And then we see that he finally realizes after he takes a bite of the sandwich, and he's like spitting it out. There's making blood all over it. Yeah, and then he there's starts noticing of- that there's blood everywhere in the kitchen, and then he sees the cat playing with the eyeball of his parents. And, and he runs upstairs, hides in his bed, and he sees the writing on the ceiling, I'm under the bed, and he freaks mm-hmm. out, pushes his dog out to take a look. Also, after rewatching this, notice that the dog has a huge boner for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was intentional for the movie. I'm sure, it just got overlooked somehow. Or maybe they just saw it and was like, hey, this is funny. And we're just going to leave it in there. Because it is funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then yeah, he gets a knock on the door and he starts freaking out, thinking it's the killer looking out for him. And he discovers his parents' bodies. They've um, It's Halloween, so they have Halloween decorations. Mm-hmm. And there's two scarecrows. Knocks him over. It's his mom and dad. And then uh, Mick and Penub come in, and uh, he's trying to show them. They get distracted by some music video. And then finally, they notice the, kill, the dead bodies. And uh, one of, uh, it's his father, I think, has a piece of T-shirt in his hand. Yeah, a piece of the gray T-shirt there. And we, we see later that Mick discovers that it came from Anton's shirt. This perfect little piece missing right there. Yeah, yeah. And this is where, we, where Anton starts to realize that uh, his hand is doing something that, that he, it's kind of out of his control because he actually goes and then kills Mick with a beer bottle, is smashing it and crushing it into his head. Yeah. And then <clears throat> later on, Pinov is kind of freaking out that he had killed Mick. He runs in the basement, try to get away from him. And then the evil hand throws this saw somehow extremely hard at Pinov and decapitates him Yeah, as he's trying to get away. So <laughs> it's so weird. Like, yeah, he just kills his two best friends. He finds out he killed his parents too. He uh, has a little fight with his hand trying to watch TV and ends up during the altercation, throwing his cat out the window. Yeah. <laughs> runs out to get the cat, bumps into Molly. And Molly invites him in, and he's acting like weird as shit. You know, he's fighting with his mm-hmm. hand in front of him. It looks like a maniac. She finds it charming for some reason, invites him in, and they have sex. He ties his hand up first, of course. Yeah, he tie- and one thing I found funny about this part is she's, like, super seductive in this whole scene to him. But like, he- anyone in their right mind would think this is weird. <laughs> yeah, but he is, like, wearing disgusting clothes, like, covered in blood, ripped. You could tell... If yeah. he's wearing the same clothes the entire time, then he hasn't bathed or changed clothes in like four days at this point. Yeah, after they have sex, her like parents come home, and she even like mentions that her parents would get mad if she they caught her with some dirty, bloody guy screwing at their daughter. It's like, okay, so you're acknowledging this guy's covered in blood. Why is this not a red alert for you? And also, you know there's a killer in the area. But at the same time, this is a comedy, whatever. You can't, you can't take that stuff too seriously. Yeah, no, no. It's just strange that, that she just completely just ignores it almost the pretty much the entire movie because if you watch, she doesn't change clothes or anything through the yeah. entire movie. And she doesn't notice maybe except for that one time. But it's like never a problem. Even thinks that it's part of a costume for the dance that they're going to. Yeah, he's been wearing the same costume for two days, mm-hmm. I guess, to her. He has sex with the girl of his dreams, goes home and buries his two best friends and his parents. His dead parents, yeah. Buries yeah. them in the backyard to give some strange, like... Gives a little monologue about... A little monologue, yeah, about about them. Uh, both uh, Mick and Penub, for unknown reasons, reanimate, come back to life. And they are kind of these funny zombie friends now at this point. 
Yeah, it's kind of a it's almost yeah American Werewolf in London thing, except that they are actually there. They're not just visible to only him. Yeah, they're there to give him guidance, but also they're dead, so they have a completely different level of giving a shit about things. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, he thinks they're gonna kill him or something like that, and then they're like, we just, we don't really care, whatever. You yeah, killed us. Just, it's over. <laughs> they just decided wants to hang out. Yeah, yeah. It's like we can't go to our parents' house because they'll flip out because we're rotting zombies and your parents are dead. So let's hang out here. One of the scenes I like at this point is when they are hanging out at Anton's house, and in the background you can see Penub's body just like rummaging through the kitchen, just like throwing shit everywhere. Like so oh yeah, everywhere, and he's just like bumping into shit. The head and uh and uh Mick or Seth Green character, they're just hanging out on the couch, and he's like throwing food at him, throwing and he's cheese eating. balls, yeah, throwing Which cheese I, balls at his mouth. I'm sure there's a huge mess uh coming out of the back end of that neck hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which we see later on with the burrito, which was kind of a disgusting. I don't, yeah, that seems pretty gross. Yeah, but it happened. That's what happens yeah. when you get your hair cut off. And then um, we're introduced to a character, Randy. Uh, they're at a memorial for the two twins that had died. Anton goes to seek him out to kind of get information because he thinks he's knowledgeable in the occult or something because he listens to metal music, which is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that offends you on a personal yeah. level. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Yeah, well, me, I was like, well, I so kind of offended him on a personal level too. He's like, yeah, that's he not a, what it's about. Well, he has a like a quiet riot shirt on. That's not. Yeah. It's not so. very. Anyway, so he goes to try and talk to him. Doesn't get too much information from him. There's, there's not much really going on in that scene. You do see him in the drive-through, and they're kind of bantering back and forth. Ooh, one thing. Um, Okay, he sneaks in the drive-thru so he can talk to Randy because he, like, pissed off Randy and has to do something to trick him into talking to him. So he mm-hmm. sneaks into the drive-thru. But uh, the guy he relieves is actually Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. It's just, yeah, like, I saw that. two seconds. <laughs> For anybody that goes back and watching it, he's the guy that walks back and says, oh, it's time to go to break. And then he walks it's off. Like, sweet. Yeah, yeah, that, like, sweet. Yeah, and it's the, Tom the... <laughs> And the only bit of advice that Randy gives him is, just like, you know, Idle hands are the devil's playground. So he's got it in his ideas. Like, oh, if I just keep my hand busy, then maybe I'll stop killing people. Yeah, Randy clearly thinks that this kid's talking to him about masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's why I work on my car all the time, so I can keep out of trouble, man. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes home and has this idea that he's going to sit on the couch and watch Rob Zombie music videos and knit. <laughs> Which works for a while. Yeah, it does work for a while. Yeah, and then the 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 two goofy cops drive by, and they they see him in the house and decide to bust in. They and, see him sitting on the couch with two corpses. Yeah. <laughs> and they they bust in. He's trying to tell them to like leave him alone, back off, and he's knitting the entire time. He's telling them to cuff him. They're kind of freaked out because they they realize that the two dead bodies really aren't dead. They're actually sitting there talking to them. One of the cops shoots Penub in the head and freaks out because he doesn't kill him. <laughs> yeah. So shenanigans ensue, and uh, Anton's hand stabs one of them in the ear with uh, the needle and What's then it? tases Roach in mm-hmm. the face. <laughs> Which I like that death because the sewing needle goes like straight in the ear and all the way through. You can see some earwax on the end of that thing. That's yeah. pretty good. This is a pretty good death there. And then he gets, um, Anton gets the idea to. At this point, you know, he's like, I'm going to cut off this hand. This is 
He's had enough. After a failed attempt with a bagel slicer. Yeah, he tries with a a bagel slicer, which clearly, when you watch it, is pretty much like a rubber blade on it because it doesn't bends really. Yeah, he finally, uh, yeah, the hands keeps putting up a fight. He gets Penub's severed head to just, like, bite down on it. He he just Mm -hmm. goes for it. And they are right. He does scream like a girl. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time. He's cut his damn hand off. Yeah, yeah. Penub is <laughs> biting his hand. And he uses a, a giant meat cleaver to cut the hand off. And then that's when the hand, I guess, gets set loose to a degree for a little while. And Penub and Mick go back to get some bandages or something and burritos. Yeah, mainly for the burritos, I think. Yeah. So Anton's like fighting his hand, trying to get it. And he ends up throwing it in the microwave. Another microwave situation, yeah. like in uh, Urban, Urban Legend. Legend. Yep. So we got another microwave death in here. Maybe this is a sign we should do microwave massacre soon. Yeah, that that would be fun. I've always meant to watch that one. The whole like scene because you get to see it like popping, like veins exploding. It's mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, it's definitely gross, but it's 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 a good special effects scene. Oh yeah, and the whole time he's like fighting this hand, and he finally gets in the microwave and everything. Yeah. Molly's just on the front porch, just yelling at him to come outside because they're <laughs> supposed to go to the dance, and she's just outside yelling and yelling and yelling. And again. Yeah finally does answer the door he's still in the same clothes this is what i was mentioning earlier is that still in the same clothes except for now he's cut his hand off she doesn't mention it she doesn't ask about anything really it's just just it's all part of the costume what is your costume <laughs> supposed to be was that uh, it's been the same thing for four days so how how have you not noticed this at this point and i am yeah. while we're while we're talking about molly which is played by jessica alba to the entire movie I, this is not her best performance i know she was young but it's not good yeah she was young and uh, and also i mean it's you're a young actor you're just trying to get a part so you can progress from there but she didn't and honestly she didn't have as much to work with on this character <laughs> but yeah yeah there, there's some funny like lines she delivers just like i'm coming in yeah and it, it just sounds bad but penub and mick show back up they've got burritos and then this gross scene coming up where they they let the hand out of the microwave at this point. So the hand is loose going everywhere. And then Penub is trying to eat these burritos and there's like this goop coming out of his neck. That's just oh, yeah. disgusting. Nick, Nick finally decides that Penub needs to get his head back on his shoulders. So he like puts like a knife or something like that in his, mm-hmm. in his neck and just pops it on there. And yeah. And then the, eats the burritos and goops comes out. And he duct tapes it up so it can uh, seal the deal on everything. But yeah, he uses he gets crafty, he uses some duct tape and kind of tapes around the neck there so he can actually eat. I guess I'm not sure why they feel the need to eat, but yeah, like what's that doing for you? You're already mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> yeah, can you taste? He even says at one point, he's like, Oh, I burnt the roof of my mouth. It's like, Can you feel? Like, also, he got shot in the head earlier and he didn't really seem to care too much. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't bothered by that at all. So I don't, or maybe he just didn't care about the pain or something. Who knows? Yeah, it might be a placebo effect thing where they right. just think they can feel things. And then yeah. the, the hand breaks loose. It's traveling out, out in the wild at this point. Dude, I just realized we completely forgot a semi important character, I guess. No, an, expo- I, an exposition dump per character. Debbie. So, Sister Liquor? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we brought her up a little earlier. Debbie shows up for a few minutes, and she's kind of given a little bit of a backstory. where She's She's an ancient druidic priestess whose sole purpose is to fight evil and possessed hands. Yeah, 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 to find these. Somehow she knows everything about everything for some reason. What did you think of that scene where she, like, started putting all the plops on the mat? (laughs) (laughs) 
And she's like, oh my God, and realizes that it's a pentagram. A, a pentagram. Yeah. Roughly a, a pentagram. You roughly. can make anything a pentagram. Yeah. If you put more than like six dots on anything, you can pretty much draw a pentagram out of it. But yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what the hand had in the. And oh yeah yeah i'm sure it was plotting out specific towns to go to just so one person might realize it's a pentagram debbie that character she meets uh randy, randy at a bowling alley yeah and she's trying to locate the person she somehow tracked this evil demon thing to this area she meets randy they're talking about you know randy says that anton's made mention that his hand was doing things that he didn't want it to <laughs> So Debbie takes off and says, like, okay, we got to find Randy. I mean, find Anton at this point. And that's when yeah. she makes the the quote that I said earlier about evil possesses the laziest people. Laziest piece of shit in the area. Or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, back at the boys' house, uh, they all realize that uh, the hand is after Molly. Is it like, also this hand communicates through like writing and blood on stuff. Like after he cut off his hand, he's like, bad move, Anton. And then yeah. when he chased it outside, it just said, I can't remember what it says. It says something like, I'm going to go get Molly or Molly's mine or something like that. So he's like, we got to get to the dance. This is going down tonight. Yeah. So they uh, decide they need to go steal Randy's Ford. <laughs> His Ford, His not a truck. Not yeah. a truck. It's, ne- it's never a truck. It's a Ford. Yeah, he just keeps referring to it. He's like, don't, don't let him steal my Ford. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, him and Debbie, uh, Randy and Debbie show up just enough time for uh, to watch them steal the truck. They end up driving over Debbie, basically, and mm-hmm. uh, oh, no, she they, survives. They obliterate Debbie when they back up. Yeah. She, she goes flying like 15 feet. Somehow at backing out of the driveway, they're doing like 50 miles an hour. And then Randy has a kind of creepy moment here where oh, she's passed out and uh, this music comes and he starts looking around all sneaky like but he gives her mouth to mouth though because she's, she's like oh yeah which, so, is, which is better than what you're led to believe you're like okay yeah. he's about to do some sketchy shit but nah, he just gives her mouth to mouth and she comes up calls him barf breath barf breath i was like yeah. man was this pete and pete all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh zoom over to the uh to the dance oh and we get to see uh Let's see. They get to the dance. Oh, yeah. And the, that couple's killed in a car. Yeah, we got the couple that's dressed as, like, KISS members or something, and they're, they're making out in the car. And the hand sneaks in through the window when they crack the window and ends up choking the girl out, pretty much, like, crushing her entire throat. Well, another cool death is that you don't see it, but it smashes the dude's head against the, the window pretty violently in the car. Yeah. And then on to the dance, and we end up meeting uh, Molly, and she's dancing not very well to punk music, honestly. That's yeah, not I, really how you dance to the Ramones, but whatever. <laughs> who are we? <laughs> I jotted that down as I was watching the the dance. I was like, man, she is. She's like everybody around her is dancing, right? Just not her or her. I, I think her friend might be doing a little better job she's doing like the magic fingers and stuff i don't know yeah really yeah. weird and she has this like scowl on her face the entire time like she is not having fun but she's like well oh, anton's not there move she thinks she's getting juked by uh anton or something but uh yeah tanya her friend and uh tanya's devil molly's dressed like an angel and offspring is playing uh, yeah, like yeah. the offspring is playing the high school band yeah they're not the playing action. offspring bond they're not playing any offspring uh songs but uh you know they are actually they're playing which i mean that'd be pretty sweet for a halloween festival in the 90s i bet bet we could get them nowadays 
Maybe. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot cheaper now than in 98. But Also, I never realized how much the lead singer and the offspring looks like a mix of like the middle Trump child and uh, <laughs> and Jake Busey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a weird mashup. Yeah, so uh, Anton, he's like, I'm going to go get the hand and uh, gets Penup and Mick to go find Molly and protect her, which, mm-hmm. let's be honest, Mick and Penup have been pretty useless on the protection or whatever thing <laughs> so oh, definitely. definitely yeah i mean it almost seems like they're just there kind of to have a good time and you know that they're yeah. playing the stereotypical stoner friends still they just happen to be dead yeah and honestly they're fun i i, I have no problem yeah. with making pin up they're they're great I, I <laughs> they're kind of what makes the movie turn out to be a horror comedy they're they're kind of pivotal in that yeah in if that it was moment. just anton it wouldn't be quite as fun no, which the movie starts out almost like a serious horror movie. Yeah, which I thought, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was neat that it kind of started out like like it could be a serious horror movie, but then just kind of slowly and as it, it goes along, it. yeah, it just gets sillier almost by the minute as it as it just you, you keep following these guys through what's happening. Yeah, by the end of it, it's almost like you're watching a predecessor to Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. Except I, I'll I'll say it's a little smarter than <laughs> Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we're at the dance. Offspring's playing. Uh, Mick and Penub. For some reason, okay, right here they could have found Molly because they bump into Tanya, and then mm. Penub starts hitting on Tanya, hitting basically. on Tanya, and she's like, "Cool." If they go to that school, they'd probably know that Molly and Tanya are like best friends, and they could be, "Hey, have you seen Molly?" But mm-hmm. they're easily distracted, I guess. Yeah, they're the like I said, they're the stoner friends in this that are meant to make you laugh throughout the entire thing. So yeah, they they kind of they kind of screw up things throughout the entire movie for Anton as it goes yeah. along. You know, they're kind of like the group that unintentionally kind of just like screws stuff up and kind of makes it a little worse as it goes along. Yeah, and uh, oh, and here. Um... Anton's running around the school and it's when he meets uh, Debbie for the first time mm-hmm. who immediately tries to kill him. <laughs> he gets his ass kicked by Debbie and, and Randy cause Randy's pissed about them stealing his truck, Ford. his Ford, his Ford. His, they stole his Ford. And then he finally points out, he's like, I cut my hand off. I'm not evil anymore. We yeah. got to find the hand. And she's like, that was some stupid shit. Then they, uh, it, Debbie drops on, on us that uh the hand is trying to take somebody to hell with him mm-hmm. and it's gonna happen at midnight and he's like oh god it's molly and they're like okay let's put our heads yeah. together on this and she uh she said yeah it's gonna happen at midnight and he's like oh cool it's only like nine o'clock she and then she pulls out her druid watch mm-hmm. which i love and she's uh, like actually it's six minutes to midnight right now that watch was- reminded me of something that i had got maybe like out of a cereal box when i was yeah, it is. <laughs> it like yeah, flips up it's like got a latch and it flips up and you can just see yeah. this weird like blue hand somewhere like in there you get enough frosty frosted flakes you can get one yourself mm-hmm. right uh yeah send in your box tops you can get this sweet druid time watch and i have not timed this but it, it always kind of like peaks my ears up a little bit whenever somebody does something like this like they basically start a, cl- a, a stopwatch on things mm-hmm. uh, where it's six minutes and i haven't timed it i didn't time it didn't care enough to but at the same time i'm also curious is this six minutes until the finale <laughs> like d- or in real time of watching the movie is that six because a lot of shit happens right after this <laughs> no it's, it's definitely not six minutes it's longer yeah. than that. actually yeah. i i want to say it's probably closer to about 15 
That seems right. Almost pushing 20 minutes at this point to the end of the movie. Then Anton gets up on stage where the offspring are playing. He tries to tell everybody that there's a killer in the room. Ooh, and this is one of my favorite deaths here. Yeah, it's it's also one of my favorite. And everybody's kind of laughing, going going along with it, thinking it's a joke. And the lead singer of Offspring, I do not know his name. I was an Offspring. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's the lead singer. Yeah. It, yeah it, it doesn't matter. But the, the hand falls. Angry. No, the hand falls down on top of his head and then just like scalps him just immediately right in front of everybody. Just pulls yeah. his scalp clean off. It's Great a really good scene. Yeah, it's a really good death death scene there. Yeah, so uh, uh, the uh, the killer hand had uh, locked the door as, uh, to the gymnasium as well. So everybody's just like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Randy's, <laughs> Randy ends up getting like basically walked all over or uh, stomped by these people. Uh, in real life, he probably would have died, but, it, you know, whatever. And uh, Molly and Tanya are like trying to figure out what to do. And they see a about Bruce Willis-sized... <laughs> Uh, air, air vent so the air duct and the, so they pull it off and they start crawling through there immediately the hand pursues and yeah. they come to god this is like where they come up to it's almost like something out of star trek or something it's just this giant rotating blade a fan you know, i've seen this type of thing and thing in multiple movies where typically at the end of some air vent of some sort there's a giant fan blade made of metal that the sharpest <laughs> that the sharpest that it will kill them if they they touch it but you know i've never seen that in real life i've never oh no yeah i'm not even sure where the the concept came from of that to be a thing in movies but you see it all the time it's just something i guess to add the i mean mm-hmm. i don't even think there was one in die Hard. no there was but not exactly yeah. the same yeah they actually yeah he does exactly the same kind of thing in die hard where he blocks the blade and climbs through it right and just yeah gets through it at the last minute and yeah, Molly gets to show off a little bit right here, her ingenuity. She pulls off one of Tanya's shoes and blocks the blade with it, grabs Tanya's whip, and uh, glad that was a real whip and not some Dollar Tree crap. Right. <laughs> yeah, so she ties it up and she climbs right through the blade, and Tanya's freaking out over it. She won't just climb down the rope. Did they not have gym class at this high school? I didn't do rope climbing in gym. I did in middle school. Did I you? wasn't good at it, but experienced I enough. I didn't do that. Maybe I missed that day or something. Who knows? I don't know. This is a California one, though. So I look at this school. Like, uh, mm. they got the offspring to play. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> they, they probably should. have some type of extracurricular like that. Yeah. So she, she should, by all right, shouldn't be too afraid to do this. But yeah, she's like mortified to try and go down this, this rope for some reason. Yeah. She ends up going down it eventually, though. Yeah. Not of her own free will, though. Yeah, hand shows up and um, nooses her around the neck with the thing and throws her through it yeah. and uh, takes the shoe out of the blade and it perfectly like zips her up into the blade mm-hmm. and uh, slices and dices her. Yeah, yeah, just cuts her into a bunch of pieces, uh, sprays the blood and stuff everywhere. So it's a, a pretty good one. <laughs> pretty good one as well. Yeah, yeah. And then Penub and Mick somehow hear them in there during this whole thing so they go in there after to try and find them and they get to the scene where tanya has died and it's mick that makes the joke here at this point where he's just like i'm oh, not you want to say i'm not going through all that tanya yeah. Back. oh yeah because uh penub and tanya were like hitting off and making out and yeah. stuff and he's he's a little he's a little disappointed mm-hmm. well, no. then, <laughs> then mick tells penub he's like well if you still want a piece you can go back there and get it oh god yeah. <laughs> 
I guess being dead, you know, you, you can make jokes like that. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and then uh, Molly gets knocked out and taken somewhere. So the the race is on now. And um, here's something I don't understand. I don't know. Okay. So Anton ends up finding his way out of there somehow. They don't explain that. He he ends up uh, on that side of the school and fights he ends up in the art room. Yeah, exactly where Molly got knocked out. Except she's not there anymore, obviously. And mm-hmm. fights the hand. The hand's in a puppet. It actually does two different puppets during this. This kind of made me think of... Um, made me think of Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, Goosebumps. Yeah, where the, the head like turns around. And there's also a similar thing in the Ash vs. Evil Dead series where he there's like a possessed puppet that changes facial expressions and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So this is pretty funny. And you can tell it's Devin Sawa fighting... Or he like, has a fake arm and like yeah. has his hand in the puppet. Yeah, and speaking uh, of, he does a pretty good job this whole time with with his acting on his hand being possessed and that kind of stuff. I mean, to be as young as he pretty, was. Yeah, yeah, pretty good physical comedy. And, he did a really good job. I mean, especially when you compare the 17-year-old acting of him to Jessica Alba and see the huge difference between... Like I said, he had more to sink his teeth into on that role. <laughs> yeah, but that would make it more complicated as well. Yeah, I heard of a. Uh, I was seeing a couple of things he like just kind of improv during this movie. Like when he smoked the nutmeg, he like squirted soap in his mouth, and that was like real soap and wasn't planned or something. And he like walks into a, a support beam at one point after he's killed Penub. He just like walks into it, mm-hmm. and that wasn't planned either. So yeah, he's wrestling around. He's about to finish the job. Maybe, maybe I don't know. He's got like a really heavy ashtray, and then Mick and Penub come falling out of the ceiling. And knock him out, and the hand gets away. <laughs> yeah, going back to earlier, where I said they kind of make little inconveniences for him as they go along. But yeah, he's yeah. pretty much almost got the hand trapped, and they fall out of the ceiling, knocking, and the hand gets loose again. So they keep doing these little things that completely screw up any time he gets close to to maybe resolving the issue or or anything like yeah. that. But right behind, right next to the art gallery, art art room or whatever is the finale of the movie, where the auto shop room is, and. uh they find that uh, Molly has been tied to the top of a car and the, it's been slowly raised to the ceiling where there's just a pentagram painted mm-hmm. and he's just going to smush her right into hell, I guess. Yeah, I wonder how the pentagram got painted up there. I mean, with... That hand res- works res- very quickly. <laughs> with respect to gravity, how... <laughs> but yeah, they, they've got Molly tied to the top of the car. The car lift is slowly going towards the ceiling. The slowest car lift slowest. I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's on the the controls, and it's still got this like goofy like little puppet thing on, but the the facial expressions change to evil. Yeah, and, yeah, um, the puppet face changes. It's like snarling, and and they got it's got a really good grip on, it. and all three of them are trying to pull it off, and it can't. Yeah, they're trying to pull the lever to stop the the lift from going up into the ceiling and crushing her, but they. They just can't seem to do it. The hand yeah, is they can't. Yeah, it's they too are. strong on there. And then uh, Mick, Seth Green, he gets uh, distracted. He looks over and f- sees a giant like metal backpack, almost like bong. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it almost looks like a jetpack. Yeah, it looks like a jet. It's even got like a like a like a, a seatbelt thing on it, so you can carry it around. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what high school this is, but I don't think we got would have gotten away with it at ours because <laughs> yeah. it's obviously of fucking bong <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't think that would really fly i don't think there's a, t- a shop teacher that naive yeah especially to have it laying around that kind of thing but yeah they end up for some reason mick has this great idea that if they all smoke 
weed that they'll get stronger, which of course they do. And yeah. they're able to, at that point, pull the lever. The, what happens is, because uh, he's been trying to tell Anton to take some Anton time, just to yeah. not worry about anything and just smoke weed and chill out. So finally, Anton, he, he gets over there and he takes some puffs and Molly's yelling, like, what are you just going to get high with your friends? I'm about to fucking die here. Mm-hmm. And so what he does is, is uh, he uh, blows all this, his smoke up the oh, puppet yeah. and gets yeah. the hand high for some reason. <laughs> A hand. I'm not sure how <laughs> either. So. But it's funny. Even, and the puppet's face changes again. And the, like his eyes roll in the back and the hand falls out. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. They, get, they stop it. Right when, yeah, it's like her nose is on the ceiling. Like it's just yeah. about to go down. Yeah. Cuts it off. Gets her down. Oh, wait, no. No. no she's no. still up there. She's still up there. And we see Debbie entering at this point with Randy. And she's got yeah. her, her dagger that she's supposed to kill this thing with. And yeah. The hand ends up jumping out of the puppet and it jumps towards Mick and Debbie kind of ninja stars this dagger right through the hand and it sticks into Mick's chest. I love her reaction to it. She's like, oh shit. Like, she's like, cool. And then all of a sudden like, fuck, I just stabbed that guy in the chest. (laughs) Well, I like Mick's reaction to it because as soon as it sticks into his chest, the the hand kind of just like glows for a second. It's like, it's just just a puff of smoke, a little tiny. And he's like, is that all there was? Is this, is this all that's going to happen? Like, no convulsing or, or crazy sounds. It's just, just fire, it. <laughs> yeah, screaming, fire. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. It's, just, it's just gone. It's gone. Yeah. And then that's when Anton goes over there and he, he'll get Molly yeah. down from the top of the car. Yeah, he pulls the knife out of Mick and cuts her down. And they mm. start making out. For some reason, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Penub accidentally goes and... Get, uh, gets knocked into the uh, the the control panel for the the car lift, and the car just immediately falls down right onto Anton. Yeah, basically flattens him at this point. Yeah, you hear like a crunching sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mick and uh, Penub see uh, the garage door open, and it's just like the gates to heaven or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they go up, and they say it cuts to Anton in a full body cast, being fed soup by Molly, and then. Penub and Mick show up and they're in heavenly form. They're they got little wings and stuff. And they're like, hey, guess what? We're your guardian angels now. And and it's implied that Anton just passed on heaven so he could stay alive, even though he's not a zombie. And that's what Mick and Penub did, and they came back as zombies. But whatever. Because yeah. Molly makes mention. She's like, oh, well, you you passed up going to heaven to come hang out with me or something like that. It's actually a really happy ending, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it. Yeah, they so he's left alone, and they're like, "Hey, we're your guardian angels." Blah blah blah, and uh, we're gonna go uh, hit up the snack machine. You want anything? And he's like, "Yeah, give me something." And so as they they leave, they turn the lights off, and he's just in there alone. Looks at the ceiling. Yeah, he's just the left there screaming. I'm under the bed, so it's all all goes back to the beginning. But then uh, hailing back to uh, the beginning scene. But then Mick and Penub mentioned that they wrote wrote it on there, and they're just mm-hmm. doing that to fuck with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that pretty much ends ends the movie right there. That's that's the yeah. big finale. Yeah. Big finale of the whole thing. Um, so there's some cool little interesting things about the movie that uh, I picked on doing picked up doing a little research on it. That the neighborhood that Anton lives in and Penob and Mick, I guess, live in too, was the same like physical neighborhood as the, the Halloween movie. Oh, hey, this is California. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's the same neighborhood. I'm not sure 
I mean, obviously it's not the same house as the Michael Myers house, but yeah, it's maybe one, maybe down the street or something from that. Yeah. They probably just have some back lot. It's just an entire neighborhood that they shoot everything Mm -hmm. on. And also the, the hand, the possessed hand is the, the same, I guess maybe prosthetic type hand or prop that was used in the 2001 Adams family movie to play thing. 2001 or 1991? 91. Yeah. The one with Christopher Hart in it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Randy, uh, he's got uh, the same weeping Jesus tattoo as Mickey from uh, Natural Born Killers, Woody Harrelson's character. Yeah. I think he watches two of the of the dead movies, uh, Night of the Living Dead and, and Dawn of the Dead during the duration of this movie. It's Mick and Penover watching Dawn of the Dead. Oh, uh, yeah. When they're sitting there. Yeah, I mean, overall, uh, it, was a, it was a pretty fun movie to go back and watch. One I had yeah. about for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like a movie I forget because I think the last time I even watched this movie, I must have been in high school. And even by, yeah, it's just like a movie I forget about. And then I remember it and then I watch it and I'm like, ah, that was good to watch that. Mm-hmm. And then I forget about it for several other years. But yeah, I don't think it's anything I would watch. You know, I have my annual movies that I watch as far as horror movies go. And this just definitely isn't one of them. It may be like. Yeah. Like that strange, oh, I forgot about it because I probably will forget about it eventually. Again. Yeah. Then go back and maybe rewatch it. Um, anyone that does want to watch it, there is a streaming service that's put out by IMDb now called, what is that called? Oh, what was that called? Because that's how I watched it too. Uh, Free Dive. Free Dive, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is on there. If anybody wants to go watch it, it's free. Uh, there's a ton of ads, but again, it's free. So. The ads still aren't as bad as if you watch it on TV, though. It's like two ads every, what, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. And then yeah. right after that, yeah, it's a it's a good opportunity to go use the bathroom or go make sure you turn the oven off or something. Something like that, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. It is available there to watch. If anybody wants to go back and maybe check it out for free, this will do it maybe for our first horror comedy of the season which I think we'll probably do more. Um, we're probably going to do Motel Hell. That's next kind, of a horror, kind of a horror comedy, too. It, it's billed as a horror comedy, so yeah. yeah. It is. It's sort of billed as a horror comedy. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to, to doing that one. It's, it's going to take us back a few years from the movies we have been doing. Yeah, we're going to get out of the 90s finally. Yeah. <laughs> we'll break out of the 90s here and, and go back and do um, Motel Hell next. But... Uh, again, you know, if you guys made it this far, definitely thanks for listening. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, we do have the YouTube videos and stuff too. We do post all the links for everything and kind of keep updates on what episodes we're going to be doing and that kind of stuff. So we're as accessible as we can possibly be. And yeah, as we can possibly be. So but yeah, well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Luke. And this is Ricky. You guys have a great week.